We are, we are powerful. powerful. Yeah. <laughs> Hello guys, this is Shreya on Instagram as shreya.lifecoach and I am here to have authentic collaborative discussions on life and society topics. Hoping the seeds of this conversation continue in your life and create a change. So let's begin. Today we are here to talk about strength. Strength can mean the external physical strength that we have to power through situations, to lift and move heavy ground. And then there's the less spoken about but extremely important internal strength, which talks about our resilience, our ability to keep going when things are hard and to show up authentically. To talk about this is here with us, Mansha Jaiswal. She is known as the Mighty Coach and she helps transform people's lives by paying really close attention to their physical body strength and by looking at their internal form and helping them achieve a true internal state of change. She's extremely spiritual and she brings that into her practice too. I hope we can touch upon that today because she, with all of her strength, also believes she has the responsibility not to hurt anything. Welcome on board, Mansha. Pleasure to be here. And I love the introduction you gave me. I never even in my wildest possible dreams thought of being introduced this way so thank you for that do you not know of your own strengths I guess but like most people do doubt myself sometimes and then I underplay myself so you can see in our earlier conversations we have spoken about how we as women often underplay our powers we disguise it as humility but humility means knowing your entire potential and then being grounded we tend to underplay our strengths. That is true. Talking about my forte right here, just what I see. Most women do not want to train for strength or just lift weights because it makes them think it, they're going to look manly and therefore they won't get a suitor. Men don't like that, apparently in their mind. Actually, men do prefer that. Strong men love a strong woman. That is true. So it's more of a quality over quantities. Up until recently, I think I was also the kind of person, not for other people, but for myself, who underplays my strength, mainly to accommodate the other person's ego. And it's so silly. If you find yourself limiting yourself because someone's ego is going to be hurt as a result of your strengths, then that's already indication that they're not. Forget them not being the right person for you. You're not being the right person for yourself because you're already compromising on your own pillars of support for yourself. I do agree with that. Also, something you said, we are not doing justice to ourselves. <laughs> we just want to look good or look a certain way for somebody else for whatever reason, right? It's for someone else. Here's the thing, though. Your body doesn't even belong to you. It's on loan. This is your you... spiritual angle coming out. No, it's scientific, too. Think about it. Every single time a person dies, they have to leave their body. They cannot take it with them wherever it is that they go. Imagine that if I am taking this cup on loan from you, if I don't take care of it, would you let me ever borrow things from you again? In my line of work, I don't care if you wanted to do it for somebody else at first. 
because what happens is when you are trying to transform yourself the first thing that nobody notice is they transform their mindset in the sense that they have to be in a very uncomfortable state when i say uncomfortable i mean they weren't doing this before and anything that you weren't doing before stepping outside the small bubble that uh, your mind created for you yeah it's going to be uncomfortable you have to make yourself do it during the initial phase once that mindset starts changing you'll find that you start doing things for yourself unknowingly most women that i train they start having this sense of confidence it's not measurable it's more of a qualitative thing it's in their posture they move like they own the world mind and body are connected so 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 much that if you change something here it's automatically is right here on your body you can see it manifest instantly because as soon as your brain processes the information about confidence when i said that you straighten up it is true so there is somatic healing right and we always specifically when we talk about trauma i talk a lot about how the body traps trauma because it's motor memory your body gets used to speaking its own language nervous system blocks happen in the body when there's been an overrun of emotion or a heightened sense of insecurity at some point your body is the one to trap that energy because your body is the only thing that knows how to defend itself as well i also read body language there are many things that indicate that a person is not doing well and when you're confident you don't need anyone to tell you you just are you feel that way instead of having conversations about how our body looks you know specifically because you said the profound thing about our body being borrowed we have to look at like how much our body is doing for us if someone gifted you a car you would take more care of that car than you do of your own body the way we digest food the way it processes things in our sleep the the strength that we have in our muscles are we really doing the best we can for the body that we live in and so it comes down to training i love your stories about how you train so do you want to tell us something i know like you recently hit a milestone as well so if you want to share okay recently i just hit 110 kgs pr in deadlifts I am now thinking about competing in a powerlifting meet soon. Woohoo. R is personal record. Yeah, personal record or you can call it personal best, okay? 110 kg. Yeah, 110 kg. You're actually quite a petite person. Actually, yeah. <laughs> I am 5 feet 2 inches. I weigh around 57 kilos. I am not a big person by any accord. At the same time, you have to understand it's not just the muscle. obviously need some muscle to pull that weight up but at the same time it's more than that you have to be there mentally if you doubt yourself in that particular moment even for a second it's not going to happen what i do is personally i take 20 seconds prior to performing the personal best i go in a very very dark place in my head and what i do is i pull out a memory that is traumatizing okay believe it or not it gives me such an amazing rush in that moment i'm like if i could go through that and survive and not just survive thrive this is absolutely nothing your brain fires up the same emotion that you experienced when you were in that particular situation i still feel that rage as fuel i know how to channel that now it's amazing the things you can do with just these memories now 
those memories that I have already used, they don't have the same effect anymore. It could, I can use them, uh, one particular memory as fuel for maybe twice, not more than three times. It doesn't have the same effect anymore because my brain now has changed the way it reacts to that the memory. I love that. That's evolution of pain. Before I go any further, I do have to give the disclaimer that please do not try this at home. <laughs> There's a reason that you work with a coach to uh, achieve your personal best because they can guide you, they can spot you and also understand if you're ready to go in for such lifts. If I do understand, you said you spent eight months before you went in for this lift. So it's not like you did it one fine day. You have been training towards it and it's micro improvements each time, right? So guys, please do not do this at home. We do not have lawyers to protect us on the podcast. <laughs> I have a few questions to ask you. You talk about staring at this bar and bringing up memories. Did something happen that made you feel like you were not powerful? That is then what fuels you to be larger than that thing? Yeah, my childhood was, as most would say, not ideal. I have been bullied in school that in itself is something that I don't know, I could never forget that. And even before I started lifting, I didn't know how to express those particular emotions. I had no way out. And to not address certain emotions, they are going to bottle up. It's going to manifest as something or the other and not in a good way. So it's a good idea to find your own way to make sure that those, those emotions are expressed. It could be dancing for somebody. It could be drawing for somebody. I do that sometimes. In my childhood, I've seen things and experienced things that were, I cannot even say traumatic because that would be like underplaying the whole thing. I have been through things. I've also been through the death of my father when I was 18 years old. And that really shook my world. And prior to that, my first encounter with death was when my grandfather died. And I couldn't understand what it meant. I didn't know that it had such a huge impact on my mind. I have, I've had several dogs in my life that have passed away that also impacted me in such a way that I cannot even express. There was this one time that I couldn't sleep and I was crying all night, all night. Uh, it wasn't just due to the fact that my dog passed. Every single thing that have happened in conjunction to that, it just made me feel like I was trapped. Like I cannot get this out. Like I can't do anything to get out of this. I remember the first time I thought about lifting weights was when I bought a book called bodybuilding.com's uh, Your Best Body. In it were stories of people, real stories from people who started lifting weights and it changed their whole life. The mindset that they had previously, it completely changed them and it was just enough fuel for me to, you know, say, yeah, why not? Why shouldn't I try it? And when I did, it felt like, oh, this is for me. When you know you're good at something, you're going to want to get better at. And that is what I started researching on. And we are here today. Here we are today, right? You know, when you speak about your childhood, my instinct, and I think a lot of people, when they hear someone else's tragedy, the instinct is to protect so I want to go in and like protect that child that you were and like hug you and just say things are going to be okay. But the truth is that children, especially with what you've just explained in your story, have a lot of resilience. You actually used all of this pain as fuel 
And then that's become part of the fuel you use even today. Now I do want to say something that you can't live in your trauma because if you're living in your trauma, you're going to be fatigued. You're going to be depressed. Your body is going to give up because you're not, we're not made to live in that state of mind or body to be able to use that fuel and facilitate strength or movement out of it. I think it's not spoken about enough. So we, we do talk about meditation and stillness, but I feel we don't give enough credit to movement and what it does to actually release that energy from your system in whatever form you want to take on. Sometimes, you know, when you have to put like that 2% extra effort to stand taller or to maybe lift more or to just go bigger in some way to be more refined somewhere, that 2% extra effort is kind of a reminder that if I can get through one more dance routine while I'm so tired, in your case, if you can just lift one more time, then you can do anything else that comes in your life that's that difficult. That is 100% true. Because just lifting a certain amount of weight can give you enough confidence to actually question what you've been told about yourself. I'll share a story with you. When I started lifting and I was doing these major lifts, I got a kick from that. This particular owner of a gym that I was working out at at the time, he came up to me and said, women are not supposed to lift heavy. My instinct was to stare at him and then question, then how am I doing it? If women are, <laughs> if women are not supposed to, then how am I doing it? If nature allows something, then it's possible. And it's that much. I, I think this applies across so many different themes, right? Because we're constantly told you're too much. You're not supposed to do this and hide this and don't do that. And this constant limiting of what our true abilities are. If we were not meant to do that, we would not be able to do that. Because nature doesn't wire you or give you certain skills if you're not meant to use it. Oh my gosh, that is incredible. <laughs> I don't use my hands or my physical strength. I just mindfuck the people. That's enough to throw them off their game. Well, this kind of goes into another conversation I was having recently about using your power with responsibility. Just because we can doesn't mean we should. With more maturity, I've realized instead of messing them up, I've realized not to mess my own self up. And that in itself is quite a strength in saying, you know what, I could, but I choose not to. You talk about using your mind. What is really amazing for me is watching you sit over here. We've spoken before and so we both have the condition of ADHD, which is attention deficiency and hyperactivity disorder. And this often gets put off under the carpet because as kids, it's kind of like a funny disorder. You know, these are the kids who are constantly forgetting things, misplacing things or very talkative or just very jumpy. So they get put off as like the naughty kids or the talkative kids. But truly, there's actually a condition that's underlying this entire thing. What's amazing is that when I first used to speak with you, I know that you have ADHD and I know we used to sometimes go in a loop and then we realize, oh no, this is not where the conversation should go and we track back to the original point. But today, while I'm talking to you, you are sitting absolutely still mm -hmm. and our conversations are going in a linear fashion. That is the biggest achievement. How have you managed to overcome ADHD? I don't think I have. I taught myself how to be still. How did I manage to do that? 
Yeah, I mean, this is not something we're saying that you chose to do and then you now don't do, right? The fact that you have been able to reverse it or to a large extent get it under your control. I try to link everything to something that is more than me. People have different sort of aspirations. Mine is to be as still as a tree or somewhere close. It's on a different consciousness level. It's evolved in such a way that it's supposed to be still. And one of the things about trees that really intrigues me is it gives out the thing that we require to live. Mm -hmm. So it gives more than it takes. Oh, that's beautiful, isn't it? Trees are just so amazing. And we need to really, this makes me want to start a conversation about the deforestations. (laughs) Really need to be mindful of how we treat trees. But also, I think we're coming back to the idea of nature. I also use a lot of grounding through forces of nature. I love walking on grass. I feel like there are roots growing at the bottom of my feet. I feel really, really rooted when I'm out in nature. But I also feel really rooted when I'm with the sea. My conversations with the sea yield a lot of answers that I've been looking for because somehow it puts everything into perspective. And that madness of the crashing waves, that madness and volatility actually calms me down. So I think that represents what we were talking about in terms of movement. It's a good like yin and yang of sometimes crazy volatile things actually can soothe you. Maybe in some ways that mirrors how I feel inside. I'm not sure. I agree with that because it's the same thing. Why? cosmology or stars and space and everything that is celestial is so appealing to me because again the universe is such a big place right and I am just this little tiny 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 speck and my problems are not that big after a while I probably won't be here and I'm not going to care about somebody's opinion and their belief systems and whatever it is that they think about me Believe it or not, everything that a human body is made of was created inside a star. So we are volatile as human beings. You know why? Because we are coming from a place that is inherently volatile and unstable. But we also have something that is a little bit of extra chemical X, if you've seen Powerpuff Girls, that chemical X, that love and that compassion and that empathy that we feel for each other and for other species as well. In order for us to become something more, we have to actually appeal to that chemical X that is inside us. Interesting. We should have compassion towards every single thing. It doesn't have to be like a living thing. It could just be this particular Hajmola bottle, right? Boss, and I think part of Feng Shui says that, right? That you have to respect everything as if it were alive. Your physical objects around you, even when you give your clothes away, you give it away with thanks because you appreciate the energy that lives in it. When you come in a new space or into someone else's space, you first take permission before entering that house or before entering that hall. So it is taking permission from inanimate things as well because they also store a lot of energy. Technically, you're taking consent or approval from energy and not from things This brings us into like a really important topic I wanted to discuss with you. We're talking about how we derive power from like these sources of nature. And we've also spoken about like how we have to rewire something internally in moments of distress to make it into something of resilience. Yeah. 
this can get confused with what i call borrowed power right so if you have a lot of money or you have like a big title or you have like social connections that can come off as being power or strength in a socio cultural political infrastructural form that borrowed power though is not yours if you we are saying that you're not your own body then you are definitely not your title and your money and your connections of this world and in the at that same time there is inner power inside of us while we're navigating all of this chaos and power dynamics around in the world have you found a way to differentiate between these two uh, this is something i read in bhagavatam the shloka goes like this atma van manyate jagat what it means is everybody thinks and everybody has their own mentality according to their own position because you are shreya and you were born as shreya right you were born to certain people which is why you were given this opportunity to become the human being that you are today am i am i wrong Absolutely. because yeah because you are a combination of two people that had to come together to make sure that you were born you were given a life that was completely different from mine or somebody else's right and how we grow from that is totally on us but you are going to think from a perspective and from the experiences that you've had and i'm going to speak from a place and from the perspectives of the experiences that i procured in my life no belief system will be derived from beyond that unless and until you are practicing certain things so to say somebody oh no your belief system is wrong or your belief system is right is not fair i wasn't a nice person i mean not to human beings to animals yes but that totally changed my perspective to understand and know that it's not about animals it's not about insects it's not about human beings it's about collective the whole universe is one family internally i believe that every single individual is a part of god if i want somebody else to give me that particular chance like a second chance or at least hear me out i should be able to do the same for them i don't know what they are going to offer me like for example you sitting right here talking to me is me getting some of the experiences that you've had in your life right and it's kind of vice versa mm-hmm. so we are learning essentially from each other yeah absolutely actually the word namaste in hindi means yeah. that that the soul in me acknowledges the soul in you how can you ever like go into small talk when you start by saying i acknowledge your soul <laughs> that's as deep as you can get yeah and when we talk about collective strength it also exists in the collective around us right so communities if we work together with that much stronger i think the easiest example of it is that men have like a bro code and all these movies where you just pat the other person on the back and it's all allowed you know and they have these clubs like boys clubs where everything and anything is allowed even in fraternities and stuff in college and women are taught to separate themselves and be in competition with each other which makes them in many ways weaker because women aren't supposed to be like that our intrinsic nature is to actually be very in tune with nature and with each other like you know like lionesses hunt in a pack women are supposed to be packed with the community creatures this is where intent plays a role 
now that a woman is confident and strong, she understands what it does. Now she's actually going to promote this to other women. Yeah, you know, there's a book by Sheryl Sandberg, the CEO of Facebook. It's called Lean In, which is about women being there for other women. And she says exactly this, that you do it by first empowering yourself and holding that space, not being apologetic for having that space. What happens as a result of that is just by existing in those places of power and in existing in your own power and allowing yourself to embody everything that makes you who you are, you allow space for other women, you lift them up. So instead of compromising, compromising, compromising and staying in a lower state, you actually are striving higher each time it gets difficult, you're holding your ground and that allows for other people to come in and join you. Exactly. And you want people to succeed. That to me is true evolution just in one lifetime. Whenever I'm at the gym and I'm doing my own training, I'm, uh, there will be a couple of women who will come up to me and say, oh, oh, you do it so flawlessly. How do you do it? If I turn them away right now, they're never going to approach another woman like that. And I understand and I know that. And I do want them to get as strong as me, if not stronger. Anatomically, women are smaller, they have weaker joints, and they are frail. And women in their upper bodies carry less lean muscle tissue, like 30% less than their male counterparts. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, there was a challenge, right, on TikTok. So basically a girl and a guy, go on your arms and then take the arms around your back. And women could do it, but men would fall on their chest because their upper body is heavier. Women don't really have upper body strength, naturally. Men do. Because of this? Yeah, because they have more lean muscle tissue and also a little something that nature provided them, which majorly promotes muscle growth naturally. Does that mean women cannot ever be strong physically? Yeah, obviously they can be, but because nature has not given us all the raw materials, we just have to push through certain barriers to make it past, but we can get there. And you're optimizing your body. You're going for agility, you're going for flexibility, and you're going for strength in different aspects of your body. You're not trying to replicate what someone else has anyway. The fear that most women encounter when they are trying to start or even think about starting, oh, I'm going to look like a man. What I tell them is most men don't even look like the men that you are thinking about. (laughs) Okay. So to think that you're going to look like that, no, you won't. Expectation versus reality. Just (laughs) That is the whole reality. Most people think that putting on muscle is so easy. It's not. Yeah, we're more and more starting to look like slots in the lockdown, I think. (laughs) I don't understand why this particular mindset is propagated to women that looking muscular, even a little bit is going to is going to make you unwanted, unattractive. It's the other way around. We're so scared of our own strength. Uh. Maybe that's the whole conversation of how we can keep space to help other women empower themselves. Especially younger women, right? Because they are very impressionable. 
by looking at a woman who is strong and leading the class, you realize that she's muscular, she's strong, she's still super duper cool. And then like young girls are probably encouraged to look up to that woman as a mentor. Yeah, so it's sort of a role model because they should at least understand and know that this could be their future. If they don't see it, they're not going to even try to manifest it, right? So if they know it can happen, they might at least try and trying is very important. This is half the reason that I actually work so hard for my own self. I have to set an example that if I can do it, you can do it as well. You just have to push yourself a little harder. That's about it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So you know that I am an abuse survivor and there are times when it got really, really difficult in relationships. I've had a lot of PTSD. So sometimes completely disassociated from my own body. I didn't want to like live in my own body because it has witnessed something that's so difficult to endure. Reminder of that sensation or anything that triggered me completely throw me off into the spiral. And there are times that I've just like wept and wept and wept and just wanted to move away from myself. Those are the moments when I bring myself back into myself and I'm like, Shreya, if you live this journey, you can show other women who have been through this how to live through their journey. In the beginning, it wasn't for that. Honestly, it was for myself because I just had to get better for myself. Now, as I go ahead, this is what actually motivates me. And you'll be so surprised, like whatever I deal with today, the minute I'm done dealing from that, a whole batch of new clients will come to me saying, this is what I'm facing. And I'm like, whoa, (laughs) I've truly come to realize that by leading the path ourselves, we help other people along that same path. The true strength actually comes into you when you start believing that you are strong. To actually know the potential of some person, you actually have to make them go through something. Would you have believed in your wildest dreams that you could go through that and come out as not just a survivor, but you will eventually help others get through that? This is controversial because I would like to believe that I would have been equally powerful without the adversity. I know that the adversity helped prove that I am so strong because I've been able to overcome it, but I feel I shouldn't have had to go through it in the first place, you know? So I don't know if it's necessary for the sake of mental health. This is a survival tool. So this is like adrenaline and cortisol being used to navigate situations it will yield really effective results. You know, you'll find your senses also heightened, but it is exhausting and you're not meant to actually live in that state forever. Okay, even if you go through something, you need to know how to detox from it and come out of it as well. You can't stay trapped, nor can you stay suppressed in that reality. How many push-ups can you do right? I think you can push 10. 10, great, amazing. But then if I made you go through that every single day, I probably can train to run a marathon, but if you come and like put a gun on my head and tell me I have to run, I probably can, but do I want to run in that traumatic event? No, I don't. One is training your strength and the other is like a traumatic response. And I would hope no one has to, I I can help. You can hope. You went through something traumatic. Yes, definitely. Did you have to go through that? No, obviously not. But does that mean you have to be stuck there and not actually progress? No, it doesn't. People derive different types of mechanisms to get through that. 
I have my own. Whatever happened to me as a child, I use that as a fuel. Now it has no effect. So like Kelly Clarkson says, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. External things are not really under your control and they're never going to be. It, what is inside you is totally under your control. And there are certain things, obviously, that are going to matter. The choices that you make, those are totally up to you. But at the same time, what are the results of those choices? That's not really up to you. So don't blame yourself, number one. Number two, know that help is always there. If you actually look for it, look for it harder because if you need help then you need help and you don't have to shy away from the fact number yeah. three you are strong it's just that you haven't found it yet i love that so yeah those are my parting words because i think there's so much of wisdom in that taking help does not mean you're any less strong so going to the mighty coach or to me for mental health support, it means that you have the courage to look at what's not working and say, I want to work on this and get from point A to point B, which in itself is super, super strong. You always have a choice. Even in situations that seem so difficult, it feels like you're stuck against a corner. In that scenario, when you take a look around yourself and you make an active choice and you say, I am stronger than my situation right there is you discovering your own strength. Now you don't have to keep discovering it. Once you discover it, you can move on with your life and like have fun and stuff. You are extremely powerful. And let's not forget we, all of us, Mansha, you are an extremely powerful being. I'm a really extremely powerful being too, even though we are so diverse, a crocodile and bird can exist together and have a symbiotic relationship with each other I do believe that we are small mini universes, every single one of us. So we are going to be very unique and we are going to have our own differences. But at the same time, we can live with those differences and actually help and love each other. Yeah, absolutely. Mansha, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. It was amazing to talk to you for so long. And I love discussing all of these things. <laughs> yeah, me too.